0: Okay. Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shear. Tonight's shear is dedicated. I don't have a full name here, but I have Shagafaybel Yitzchok. I don't know his father's name. Type it on the screen, please. The Yod is the And Aleph, Yerachaponim. And also Shalomir, Benab Yosef HaKayin. All of the Shalom, the is. Aleph, the Oh, Ben oh, Dave. Okay. Shaggy 5 Ben Dave. And Shalomir HaKayin. Ben Yosef HaKayin. Those yard sites are tonight? Aleph, Yir, year Yagon, Aleinu, and um, may they be Militzi Yesher for their families. As the truth is, on a yard site, the neshama is ta- taken to task. The neshama is taken to task, and they. They are done. The, <coughs> They're done. The neshama of <coughs> They say to the Shama, "What have you accomplished?" Now, obviously, the Nishama right now is accomplishing what he can only have accomplished till now, all the years that he was on this world. As it says that the, the neshama arrives the meilah, and it says, "Asher mishebolakan b'talmudei biyaday." that welcome, how great it is for those, the one that comes here, arrives here, and all the studies that he had in the world, everything that he had, and all the mitzvahs that he brings with him. So on Neshama's Yodzite, where we say that Neshama should have an Aliyah, <coughs> more importantly, we say lechayim, the Neshama should have an Aliyah. The concept of lechayim. Chayim, the word Chayim constitutes two Yudin, two letters of Yud, or as the word Yud means also a Yid, a Jew, two Yudin together remains cham. (coughs) It becomes warm when the two Yudin unite (coughs) and they sit together in unison. Then we have the concept of the Chayim and we say the Chayim that the Nishamah should have an Aliyah. The question becomes an aliyah, and another aliyah, another aliyah. How many aliyahs a person has yadzai after yadzai? How many aliyahs, how high can they get? (coughs) The dawn of a mishpat that takes place on the day of a yadzai is a mishpat and they say in the Shamah. what have you left, what legacy have you left behind? Who is continuing? When we say in Asher, we say in the Valetian, (coughs) <coughs> the words of Teda should not leave your mouth, your children, and your children's children. The has tell us that if a person has three generations of Tamid HaKamim, the Teda will never leave his heritage. His family will always carry on their legacy of Teda. So I see trepidation in some people's eyes that what happens if we only have girls. <laughs> Zaktan didn't know that the girl, first of all, we always wish a girl, when a girl is born, we say Malotov, to the father that she should become a Bast hamad Chokhom. <laughs> so that <laughs> gives the father a job. But also on the other hand, when a girl marries Miaz Hashem, we hope and pray and anticipate that the younger man, that the avrech, that the boy that she marries also will be a and will also keep in the way of Teda and thereby continuing in his generation after generation so the neshama therefore is mishbit that stands up high uh, and stands upon high and they ask the neshama, nu, what can you show what are you showing for your generations so tonight we're sitting and we're looking at the son of Shagafai, Yitzchokh ben Dave, who's sitting and learning Teda in honor of the outside. And we have the grandson of Sholomeyah and Yitzchak Akkoyan, who's sitting and teaching Teda on the day of his grandfather's outside. And he has a, a legacy of a Sholomeyah, a grandson, and as grandson of Yisraeli Leibish and Menachem Mandel, that also sit and listen to Teda, Divne Teda. <coughs> On a daily basis, <coughs> besides just chitas <laughs> and a little bit of rambam, and that's why it fits in. It's apropos for this week's parsha to start and then via marta aleim. The pasuk says, Tell the speak to the government, tell them. Now, there's also different ways of expressing when we want to say to somebody, Tell them, you could be daber. The word also, which is another expression, speak to. Daber, though, is a, more, is a softer expression. Emir is <coughs> a little more harsh. Says Rashi, why does it say Emer al kainim and then again repeat, Via Marta Emer Via Marta, why does it repeat itself, says Rashi? To warn the the elders on the younger, on the young, <coughs> explaining this in the form of Ateira. Rashi does not say lelamid to teach the elders for the younger's, but it says lahazir to warn. Why does Rashi use a word? that's a lotion of azhara, of warning, rather than to speak to, or to relate to, or to conduct a... whatever lashon it could be. Okay. Why the word azhara, why a warning? The word Azhara also comes from the word Zohar, or, light. And this is a hint in the form of relating and teaching the G'deilim Alaktanim. They should be in a way that they don't just teach it, but they light the path. They should be lamplighters for the youth. And this is also hinted in the way the Pesach says, <speaking in Hebrew> As we said, Sorry, Amira is more of a Lashon That the word Amir is more of a soft spoken. Dibur is the other reverse. I'm sorry, I made a mistake before. Dibur is the harder way of talking. As you might remember, Rashi explains it. For those keeping score at home, in It's Makis Tafyir Makis eleven side A, Rashi explains over there how Dabit Dibur is a harder way of talking, whilst Amira doesn't talk about the Amira there, but it talks about Dibur being Kasha. And therefore the relating of the generation, giving over from one generation to the next, is in a form that they give over with Zehar, with light. And in addition to that, uh, you got your makas there? Keep your makas going. Good. 11 side A. Rashi. Middle of the page. Another thing even to add. (coughs) The influence and the teachings to the youngers adds light to the elders as well. Which would mean to say, whilst learning the and Lahazir, to warn, is Lahazir G'deile Malaktanim, that the elders get lit up also by what they teach to the youngers. Chazal tell us, in Tmura, Tav Tezayin Amralif, for those keeping score home, B'Sha'a talmud Hayla Etzler when a Talmud comes to his teacher, and he says, Teach me, the one that teaches also gets his eyes illuminated. The same, of course, or even more so is when it comes to relationship between Rebbe and Chosid. There was a Chosid, Rebbe Zalman Gerari. He was a little bit related to the Rebbe, a lot related, and he was from Rebbe's Rebbe's descent. (coughs) He also had money, which helps, I'm sure, his influence in other circles. And the after and Abzalmin had a fellow that he was friendly with, Rabbi Yitzchok. His name was Yitzchok. Yitzchok was not a very orthodox Jew, but a nice Jew. <laughs> I guess he did business with the I'm not sure how he knew him. Unfortunately for Rabbi Yitzchok, his one and only daughter. 14, 15 year old um, had a cyst on her stomach and the cyst was quite severe and the doctors did not know what to do with it they were worried to operate and not operate, what would have become of it and Rabbi Yitzchak knew of the Rebbe and he knew that Zalm Grari had a little bit of pull there so he asked Rebbe do me a favor, get me an audience with the Rebbe. I don't know why, because I don't really believe in anything, but hey, I'm in bad shape and I haven't got much of an option. So Rebbe Gerari got him a, a, an appointment for Yechidis, a private audience with the Rebbe. And he came in and he saw the, the Rebbe. And this is not his forte, this is not his cup of tea. And he didn't, you know, <laughs> honestly, it's a nice looking Jew and everything else, but it's not who he wants to deal with. He's dealing with top doctors here. What did I really come here for? And he would have made a U-turn if not for Rabbi Gerari, but he was embarrassed in front of Rabbi Gerari not to walk out. So he came inside. And the Rebbe said, yes, how can I help you? The Rebbe spoke very softly and compassionately. So he was a little bit calmer. He told the Rebbe the whole situation. The Rebbe said, where does your daughter go to school? He said, she's not in public school. He was very proud to say she's not in public school. She's in a Hebrew day school, which is probably a little less than a public school. And... uh but it, it said Hebrew on it. The rabbi said, first of all, um, I don't want you to do the surgery now. We're a few months away from the month of Other. Other is a Mazal month. Wait for the month of Other. First of all. Second of all, your daughter needs to leave that school. She needs to be registered in Bysakhov. Nice religious school. She has to go to religious school. He says, Rabbi, listen to me. I'm happy with the school. She's happy to be there. My wife is happy with the school. We're not taking her out. Rabbi said, you know, I'll be honest with you, you came to me for medical advice. I'm not a doctor. I was able to dispense medical advice to tell you, hold off. When it comes to education, that's my forte, this is my expertise. I'm telling you, take her and put her in a from school, don't play games. The kid said, he said, thank you very much, Rebbe. And he backed out of the room. He went, he called the doctors and told the doctors he wants the operation pushed off for a few months. The doctors acquiesced, they agreed. Now, McGraw didn't have a daily basis contact with this fellow. But, um, by him, and he met somebody that was a common denominator between them, and he asked, what's happening with this guy's daughter? And the guy says, you know, actually, it's interesting... He pushed off the operation and since the assist has gotten much bigger and the situation is pretty grave now. They really don't know what they're going to do. If they can do anything. Uh, Needless to say, this is not very good news. (coughs) Abengar (coughs) was (coughs) hesitant to call Yitzchak. And he decided to go tell the Rebbe. And he came to the Rebbe, he came to the secretariat, and he gave over the story. And they wrote the letter into the Rebbe. And the Rebbe answered, Where is she going to school? And. Uh, Obviously, the answer was she was not in Beis Yaakov. Rabbi said, "You tell him that that was a stipulation. She needs to be in Beis Yaakov." <laughs> no, Rabbi Gerari was now between a rock and a hard place. He didn't want to. He didn't know how is he going to call this guy. The guy's going to hang up on him. First of all, the situation is not better, it's worse. And secondly, the guy did not obviously want to put this girl in Bishakov. So he thought to himself, you know, maybe I should wait till after the surgery. (coughs) Maybe I should this, maybe I should that. Then finally he mustered up the guts. And he mm-hmm. called him. He called and he told the guy listen, you didn't put her in You have to. The Rebbe insists. Yes. It's coming down. No. the guy said, "All right, I hear you. I'm going out to register." And he went and register in Besakov. A few days later, the cyst burst and it dissolved by itself. So he came. He called up Rabbi Gerari to tell him to please thank the Rebbe for the wonderful miracle. And he told Rabbi Gerari, I wrote a letter also to the Rebbe, thanking him, but I want you to thank him for me personally. So the next time Rabbi Gerari had his damnut to talk to the Rebbe, he told the Rebbe that this guy, Yitzchok says thank you for the miracle that the, the Rebbe did. (coughs) Zareb <laughs> <coughs> said, said, I'm not quite sure what was the greater miracle here. Zareb so says, Zareb thought, that I was referring to the cyst, or the guy registering his daughter in Bess Yaakov. Terebe said Terebe continued, Zareb said, I'm not sure what was the bigger miracle. The fact that he registered in Bess Yaakov, for the fact that you got the guts to call her. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> the Rebbe understood that he put him between a rock and a hard place. But the Rebbe also knew that a chaser has to listen. And the Rebbe says something, there's no ifs, ands, and buts. And therefore he had to, the Rebbe said, this is how it had to be, this is how it had to be. Because Emer ve'amarta it lights up and illuminates our eyes. But in Pashas Ember, we run across a bunch of mitzvahs, shall so we say. Very many mitzvahs. And mitzvahs to a level that it says, and Hashem, and that you have to sanctify yourself, you have to give up your life for the Amishthir. And this in turn is the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Just like (coughs) a (coughs) Chosid for his Rebbe, so too uh, just like a Yid, for the Ebers so too a Chosid, even for the Rebbe if the Rebbe says something that a person has to do it, this is how it has to be done. Yam Tevin discussed again in this Pasha. And of course, the yomtiv, the time in which we now find ourselves. The time between Pesach and Shavuos. Usefartem lochem sheva You should count seven full weeks. From the fact that it says to <todic> me we learn out <todic> that each one is a chalik apart from the one prior. Why? What does that mean? There's a halakh al Mi Me Shahak <coughs> a person forgot to count one night, then he has to say it by day. He can't say the bracha by day, but he has to count by day. And then he can continue counting the rest of the nights with the bracha. If he forgot to count by day as well, Shuv ham L'Hamshech V'Lisper, he can no longer count with the bracha. That's how the Shrinarak translates it. <coughs> <coughs> the Achreinim, the Minhaskinak, explains that the Shita is that Svirasaim and is all one mitzvah. So if you left one out, you broke it, and therefore you can't make a broken any longer. But between you and me the lamppost, it makes a little bit of controversy here raised. A little red flag goes up. Mirchashiduch is not the he's not chopped liver. But your explanation doesn't fit. First of all, if it's all one mitzvah, why do we make a bracha every day? Only make one bracha for a mitzvah. And if it's one mitzvah, secondly, a person that forgets in the middle of the spirit to count, that means all the brachas that he said till now are bracha of So not only is he damaging that he can't make brachas further, He's making all the brachas that he said before worth not only worth his bracha of a Based on that, the chachamim should have said, "Make a bracha at the end." You count the last night. Make the bracha. So, therefore, even according to this opinion. that each day is taking a mitzvah for itself, and therefore, each day has its own bracha, and therefore, if a person forgot, then it doesn't make the brachas from the day before, bracha shalom, because those days were a mitzvah that he did on his own. Cain, if that's the case, why can we not continue making a bracha? The explanation is because these Rishenim, that hold, that if you miss a day, you can no longer continue, there's no continuity. It's because the Mitzvah comes in a continuity of the day before. Tonight we counted the 16th. The only way we were able to count tonight being the 16th is because yesterday was the 15th. So it became the 16th because it followed the 15th. Which subsequently followed the 14th. And therefore only can become the 16th. This Mitzvah of counting the sixteenth days only because there were fifteen days before. And the seventeenth day will be the same because the sixteen days before that makes it the seventeen. I don't have I can't I don't stand on a fifteenth rung of a ladder without going past the first fourteen. I can't reach that. I can't achieve that. So in other words, the fact that yesterday's bracha and the day before, is connected to today, but was severed in that we didn't make a bracha this one day, so much so, that you can no longer continue, because you now severed the whole mitzvah. But the days prior, you were completing until that point. But there's another question. The other question is on the fifty days. Where it says there should be fifty full days and there's only forty nine accounted. We'll go into it another time. That's a shrimp. we also need to discuss the date of Bay's year I have a debt to discuss Ear, which I have not managed to research yet (laughs) We also, of course, need to discuss Pekialis and a part of Masakta Saita. Let me just jump over to Bay's ear quickly. Bay's ear is another birth date. The birth of the Rebbe Maharaj, the Rebbe had a son who was known as the Mitle Rebbe, who had a son-in-law, the Tzemach Tzedek, who in turn had a son, the Rebbe Ma'arash. The Ma'arash had an approach to life. The world says, when you can't go under, go over. And I say, Lechatkhile ar Go to begin with, over. Rebbe Marash was born 100 years after the Bashamta revealed himself. Mm-hmm. Rebbe Marash himself was referred to as the Vashemski Rebbe. His lifestyle of the Chathil Rebbe was on open miracles, demonstrated that nothing could deter him Whatever he had to do for the Eden. <laughs> <coughs> when the other the rabeim after the Rab marash repeated the directive of lachatkel <laughs> rebe, it was not just a story, but it was a directive to each and every one of us, a way of life, a tool in how we have to serve Hashem. Even when other people say, it's impossible to do this, says that Marash we have to do it. There are no challenges when it comes to Yiddishkeit that a Yid cannot take care of, that cannot conquer. There's a long evolved story of the Tzedek, which we've told before on Beijir, which they attribute to the birth of the Rab Marash. Of a story that the Reb that the tzedek told by Fabrengen. You'll we'll look back in, in old archives and I'm sure you'll be able to find the story somewhere. The Gemara Misnagdic Berachas tells us, for those keeping score at home, Lamethey Amet Aleph, thirty-five, side one. Kol Anenam Elam Hazeh Bolei Beracha. Anyone that has any kind of pleasure Elam without a beracha, without making a blessing beforehand, kilo mal bekotzish shemayim. Berachas. Correct. Shneimal Hashem Arutzumalei. We have to explain this. How does the Bracha help us to take away from being male because <laughs> Shemayim? How does this now give us permission to have pleasure, to derive pleasure from something? In our Pasha the Pesach says, Chayen Ki Yikne Nefesh uh, and the Kegel, when he will purchase something for himself, Kinyan Kaspi with his money, he can eat from it. Since it's Kinyan Kaspi, since it's purchased with his money, he may eat from it. He can now eat from Truma and Kachim. Through that we understand when the person says, bracha, mm-hmm. he's recognizing that he is the servant to God, mm-hmm. and that a person may partake of something that belongs to God. Just like the Kayin had permission to eat from the Truma and Maestras. previous Rebbe. Oh. Dolphin of Our Pasha talks about the Mitzvah of Svir Eseim, as we said. Zvartim Lechem Mokras <coughs> HaShabbos <coughs> Miema V'yachim M'seima tanufa, And you should count from the next day after Shabbos from the day that you bring the Ema tanufa. this is not literal translation from Shabbos. It does not literally mean Sunday, which is the day after Shabbos. But it refers to the first day after the first day of Pesach. We had the Baisusim that tried to translate things literally and they went, they insisted that this meant after Shabbos B'Rashas. Sunday after Shabbos B'Rashas. And there was much debate going on between them and there were many different proofs brought down that Shabbos refers to here Yamtiv. <coughs> if, <you want, coughs> if you want to follow up on this, you can check in those keeping score at home it Samachay um, sixty five side one. Why is it tailor right in of Shabbos? Right? They have to Yamtiv. Why open a loophole here? Why give a cause that people should have this mistake? <coughs> <coughs> right, the a Let's understand first what sphere is all about. So a Saimir. What's it for? The Jews were taken out of Egypt for one reason. They were taken out of Egypt so they should serve the Almighty by this mountain. Mountain Taylor. So therefore we find that what happened during Sfira, which is the days between Pesach and Azeres, Pesach and Shuvahs, that was in order to bring about the completion of Yetiyas Mitzrayim. <coughs> the Jews did not really leave fully Egypt until they stood the at got receiving the data. Let's first understand what is the difference between Pesach and Shavuos. In the layman's language, the difference in Pesach and Shavuos is matzahs and blintzes, or matzahs and cheesecakes. On Pesach, chametz is totally prohibited, and on Shavuos, not only can we eat chametz, it's a special mitzvah to eat chametz. This week's parsha this It has to be Chomet. <coughs> you can't use the uh, the potato starch. It's gotta be the real McCoy. What's comets? Chomet, as we said, represents hoardiness. Blown up, it raises up. Mata is nullific- self-nullification. middle This in turn is also the difference between Pesach and Shavuos. The idea of Pesach is to take the yeshus to take this whole ego and quash it, put it down into its place, deflate it, and therefore Chometz, which is all about ego and all about blown up, is, is prohibited. Mashenke, Vuis, we're not worried about so much the yeshis. We're worried more about taking the actual ego and using it for the right for the right cause, using it for service of God whereas Pesach we had totally deflated entirely to get rid of it and on Shavuos we're going to work with it when the Jews left Egypt they were 49 they were sunk in 49 levels of the Shari Tumah 49 gates of Tuma. they were not fit to look at a Sefer to receive anything from godliness. Therefore the Almighty had to come, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to come Himself, and to take them out of its time. There was no worthy messengers. Nigla, Melech, Malcham Baruch The Almighty reveals Himself to them to get them out. <speaking in Hebrew> because He had to pull them out of that level of evil that they were sunk into. So at that point in time, what was the revelation of godliness? It was Mashach Esam, Ba'karcham. Godliness pulled them by force. They didn't even reach out to grab the hand. (coughs) And Memele, because the greatness of godliness was so revealed, such a high level, therefore they became nullified. The Yetzirah, the bad, started to shrink automatically. And only because of that they were able to leave the concept of Egypt. But the Jews themselves, they were not worthy of it. Afterwards, they had to start serving God with their own essence. Their essence now has become purified, now become elevated, and they were now a vessel for receiving godliness. A person that can understand something, grasps a concept. On his own, derive something from something else, that's at the level they were at now. So the person's own Mitzvah now is reaching out for Taylor. And therefore shvuas does not push away the concept of Chametz. Reverse, the opposite. The mitzvah is to bring chomets. Chomets, te'afenah, bake chametz. The aveda, the service that we have in the time of shavuos, is to elevate and to take the concept of the chametz and to make it better. Now we understand what goes on in between. In between the Pesach and the shavuos is the svida. By the minchas aimer that Azal tell us, and this is Masech the Saita, as we taught to learning about Masech the Saita, on Yudal, on Aleph, the Mishnah, where it talks about kolam enochis, is y'shem and all minchas had to have oil and levena, v'zu'ena tu'una, we're talking about the seita. Mm-hmm. The Satan's mincha did not. the Shem and lay thevena. Kol ha-menachis bo-heh They all come from wheat. V'zobo minachitin. This comes from barley. Then the Mishnah reverts says further, Mincha say, Meraf api she Even though it comes from Satan. He eats a bo-geresh v'zobo kemachin. It's refined, and it's like a form of a flower. A flower. When it comes to Mincha of the Saita, who the Saita was a wayward woman and did not behave for her husband properly, she acted animalistically, and therefore we use animal f- food. Animal food, barley. <coughs> Not flower. But why the mincha of the Aimir? Why should that be This is now reverting to what we said before. When they left Mitzayim, the revelation of godliness was Haiti as The Almighty pulled them out and he tied them with the Almighty he tied them with him. But if this would have been from their own nishama, the kids, but the nevashah Bahamas, the animalistic soul and the keikhs and nefesh, which is the brain thought of a person, remained in the concept of Bahamas. No, they didn't go to the Bahamas. <laughs> oh, I got Therefore we need the Sefirah Sa'imer. Because by having Sefirah Sa'imer, then we have the Shiva Shavuos. We have seven full weeks, one after the other. Each week we elevate higher and higher. We take the midas of the person, and we elevate them, each one, and we purify them, and we refine them. (coughs) This process forms that the essence of the person is now prepared, to receive the taylor. Which t- receiving the taylor is the person's a- actual life, his own life, not God giving and pulling out from above, but rather the person himself in devo- devoting for this. Now we understand the mincha comes from sa'idim, different than the other minchas. Because the whole aimer is to elevate the nevish aba'amis. And since Eden Bali is food for Bahamas, so therefore we're feeding throughout, we're elevating the Bahamas, the Nefesh Bahamas throughout the Ema. But we need a special kayak for this. Because, correct when you talk about the nishama the Neshama, the soul can tie itself with God. Because the Neshama comes from a source, its source is a Cheleka when you talk about the Neveshe Bahamas, though, where the Neveshe Bahamas is not really tied with God, you need special strength for this, special kayach. that's why it says, Sfartim Lochem, Nimokhras HaShabas, that the kayach of the Avedah, of counting Lochem, Sfartim Lochem, the counting is Lashin Sfires, a Shining stone. And this refers to the elevation, the purification of the attributes of the person. When does that come about? Only Mokras HaShabbos. Shabbos is the holiest day of the week. Higher than Yom But in the end, it's limited to its day. And therefore, there are six days that we have to work. <coughs> and only the seventh day in turn becomes Shabbos. Shabbos Shabbos. But when we refer to a day that's the day after Shabbos, this is a culmination and it's something that's even higher than the Shabbos itself. And through that, the person is given the strength to elevate and to purify. And therefore, the passage tells us in this week's passage, Rashi asks, Why is Shabbos mentioned by the Yom Tevim? The lamdecha to teach you. Why doesn't the Taylor specifically say the fiftieth day of counting the Shavuos, a festival to celebrate Mount Taylor thing? It does. Shavashavasah is to mei's tiyena. Okay, we'll discuss it. is a of person who desecrates the Yom is like he desecrates Shabbos. From is a Shabbos. What's the question here? Why shouldn't why shouldn't the Tater bring down Shabbos when it talks about the Yom Tovim? Shabbos is a special day, just like the rest of them. What's Rashi's question? That what does Shabbos have to do with the Yom Tovim? It's a special day. Rashi not asking why is Shabbos mentioned here. Rash is asking on the introduction, Shei Shosh Yom And he asks, correct by the commandment, the first time it says by Shabbos, back in Yisrael. it said over there, the Shemitah Shabbos is not going to affect your Panosah. You keep Shabbos, you don't have to worry that if I didn't work on the Shabbos, I'll my Panosah will be ruined. And I got this is also apropos, as I've mentioned many times, about my grandfather Sholomaya Sholomaya Akroyan, that he used to start a new job every Sunday, because Friday they told him if you don't come in tomorrow you're fired. So Sunday he never had to look for a new job, because it doesn't affect your Parnassah. because the is yamim are the six days of work. In our parasha, <coughs> the tailor should have started, in that case, Shabbos If already in yesterday it already referred to Shesha Shabbim Tavid, why is it saying it again over here? Here, if it's talking about Shabbos, because it's talking about all the special other days, just mention Shabbos. Why the introduction? The is explaining; he teaches us that the Shesh Shavim is, is not a day, a six-day separation. That each day is different. It's one set of days. The Almighty Hu, gives us this kufa of this concept of six days. Weekdays; these days are days for work. Any day that's not in those days is prohibitive work. Therefore the Taylor introduces and starts off with the words, (coughs) Sheh yomim ta'asam The Taylor is now referring to these two sets of times. The six day set and the Shabbos. The six day set and all the days that you're not allowed to work, including Yom That's why Rashi explains that he compares working yom being mechal yomtiv and being shabbos to tell us that the six day set and the six day set and the seventh day are different. Very briefly, Pirkei Avos. This week is Penik Sheni. Abi Ben Zakai, Kibul Mehilul Meshamay. Mishnah Ches Penik Sheni. Ebu Ben received the tradition, the oral tradition from hill and Shammai. Who are you, Yechin Ben Zakai was quoted saying, <speaking in> harbe, <Hebrew> if you learnt a lot of teda, you studied a lot of teda, al teva la'atzmok, don't claim the credit, special credit for yourself, Kila <speaking> lakak <in Hebrew> Because that's what you are created for. A person needs to constantly seek data. I need to learn more, I need to achieve more, I need to get greater achievements. So therefore, don't ever say, I study too much data." Theda Harbi. On the other hand, the essence of a person who studies data. most people are for the reason to just be proud. I'm proud of myself. Because through my study of Tata I became united to God. But nevertheless, since this privilege itself is given to us by the Tata, therefore the result has to be different. And the Mishnah advises you to be humble, because it's not you that became something, but it's the Teda that made you something. And this is what you were created for. The Rebbe writes in Tanya that each moment is called rega v'rega is khadoshan. Every moment is renewed. This connect this is how the connection between learning and creation of the world. The Mishnah here is underscoring the fact, the concept that a person can never rest on his laurels. Every movement has to be forward, and just like the world is constantly being created, he has to see to it that he constantly is adding and multiplying in his way of tain and advancement. I wanted to discuss also the Gimari and in Saita, Aleph. it starts at Giml, and actually discussing the cave of Moshe, where Mesh is actually buried. But I believe we did it before on a different shear. We're going to have to leave it out because of the shortness of time. Um, the Pasek tells us in this week's Parsha, La A person may not eat treif. It's a God-fearing Jew, a Jew that feels religious, is not, incite, not enticed to eat treif. Shmuel Munkis, a famous story that we've told before also, Shmuel Munkus was known as a prankster. He's a chaser of the Altarebbe, but he was quite a holy fellow. He once walked into a fabreng late at night, and they were drinking chaim, and there was nothing to, to eat anymore. Someone sent a message to the butcher, to They brought in a beautiful big piece of cooked meat. The Shmuel grabbed a piece of meat and started dancing around with it. everybody was screaming, sit down, put it back. <coughs> and he danced around. <laughs> <coughs> and the more they screamed, the more he ran. Finally he took the whole piece and he threw it in the garbage. They wanted to kill him. Big, beautiful piece of cooked meat. There's nothing here to eat for bringing And he just threw it out. All of a sudden, a messenger came from the butcher, the sheikh. It was a mistake. They sent the wrong meat. It's treyf. so now usually a normal person turns around to the Shmuel Munkas and says, you saved us nah, not Chesidim they turned around and they said to him, aha now you're showing us you have Ruach HaKedosh also so they put him on a table and they wanted to give him clap. You don't only Rebbe has Ruach HaKedosh he saw he was going to get in trouble here and he said, wait, let me explain the Altarebbe once told me on Yechidus that what you're allowed, you're allowed what, you, what you're not allowed, you're not allowed and what you're allowed, you don't need hmm. so from then on I resolved myself to abstain from anything that I desire that desirable when that mate, meat came in, all of a sudden I had a tiger to eat it I was plotting to eat it for years I wouldn't have such a taste in my mouth and all of a sudden, I saw everybody else jumping for it. I knew there was a problem here. And therefore, I threw it in the garbage. This week also is going to be the Shabbos. They, in shuls, some shuls at least, they're making Mishbeirach. <coughs> after Kriya Satera for Bahab, which is bays Hay, and bays. After Yom Tif, Sukhas, and Pesach, there are those that fast, Monday and Thursday and Monday. After Yom Tif, um, Belinda, the next week, Wednesday, we will explain a little more, elaborate a little more on that fast, what it's all about. Uh, they should help, though. We shouldn't have to fast. They should help though, in the of days either the birth of the Marash and the exclusive of the Bal Yarzait of Shlaga Fivel Zev and the five Fivel Ben of Dev, and Shalomay Ben Yisuf Akein, that we should see the the Vua, of a kitzur v'ranu sheikh of v'heim and that we should all sing and dance to greet Mashiach this week. Shabbat shalom to all.